Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. And we are looking at membership differently. So historically, if you wanted to be a member of this church, you would have to apply and the elders would assess your application and then that would come to the church members meeting for ratification. What we wanted to do was make it as accessible as possible for people who regard this as their spiritual home to be part of the church. And so we said rather than once you remember that's it for life, actually covenant to the church for a year. So each January we will talk about the vision of the church and if you are 16 years of age or above you'll have an opportunity to say, yeah, do you know what, I feel that this is my spiritual home, I want to commit to the church for this year and I covenant to the church so that together we can realise the vision that God has given us. So we wanted to sort of celebrate that today and we're doing things slightly differently. So I will be explaining over the next few minutes what the vision is and then I'll go on to explain a little bit about how the covenant process works. So that's where we're going this morning. If you are here for the first time, if you are a visitor, you are most welcome. We're so, so happy to have you here with us. Please listen to the vision. Get a sense of who we are. When we get to the part of filling in these covenant forms, please just, if you're here for the first time or visiting, just ignore that bit and just sort of watch what's happening. Um, you'd be most welcome to be here. Some people will not want to covenant but they are still welcome to be here every Sunday. So just to make that clear, this is not an obligation, and if you don't sign it, it doesn't mean you can't come in. Not at all. We're just wanting to make it as accessible as possible for those that want to say, I'm committed to this family. So that's what it's about. So to read what is up on the screen behind me, it says, in 2020, our calling is to share the love of Jesus with the people of Fleet, to make disciples, and to resource the wider church. That's, that's the vision. And uh, unpacking that a little bit, there's a rogue bullet point there that I didn't notice. But it says that our aim is, there's three points under this, firstly, to be a church which honours, welcomes, and actively pursues the presence of God. Secondly, to develop a culture of radical discipleship where living like Jesus is normal. And thirdly, to be a center of excellence as we resource, as a resource to the wider body of Christ, locally, regionally, and globally. So that's, that's the vision. Now, I need to explain to you that that vision has not changed for years. So this is nothing new. It says in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. This is nothing new. This is a long-standing vision that God has given to this church. And I want to explain that a little bit to you over the next few minutes. The wording of it has found different expressions over the years, but the vision has never changed. On the next slide, you will see a number of church logos. The top left, in red, was the logo when I arrived here in 2004. I don't know, and I haven't investigated how long it was in use. Before that, I would suggest looking at it probably since about 1793, but that was the logo. And it says underneath it, helping others in fleet and beyond to know and show the love of God in Jesus. So everything I've just talked about in the vision is encapsulated in that strapline. 
So that's pre-2004. The one down at the bottom right was introduced in about 2006. So it has uh, the same wording underneath, helping others in fleet and beyond to know and show the love of God in Jesus. But it was much more modern. And in 2006, it felt fresh and vibrant and alive and green. <laughs> and the reason it was green was that the logo before the top left one was a picture of a tree. And that is because this church was actually founded under a tree. And if you want to do the history walk, Ros will arrange one to walk you around the various different sites of where the church has been in Fleet. But the first sermon ever preached by a guy called William Webster, who was a friend of Spurgeon, by the way. Spurgeon came and preached here as well. Yes, he did. Um, there's a tree up near the, in the Blue Triangle area where the first sermon was preached to establish this church. So the symbol was a tree for quite a while. That's why the green was there. So there was a sort of continuity. The next one, top right, hasn't fully lost the green, but has gone a bit blue to recognize a sort of Baptist thing, a bit of water. So that one was introduced in around about 2012. And the vision had remained the same, but the strap line had been dropped and we'd got a simplified logo. And then in 2016, the one that we're familiar with now at the bottom left there, with the Lion of Judah, the flames of the Holy Spirit, and the, the wording which now says a local church with a global vision. So the vision hasn't actually changed. But I want to go back further than 2004 when I arrived here. I want to go back to 1491. I know this church did not exist in 1491, but if you look at the screen there, you'll see a number of pictures. On the left is, anyone know where that is? It's Winchester, actually. It's Winchester Cathedral. And the two on the right are Fleet Pond. Now, you may not realize, but there is a very, very profound, deep spiritual connection between Winchester and Fleet Pond. In 1491, the monks in Winchester signed an agreement with the owners of Fleet Pond to use Fleet Pond as the fish larder for the monks in Winchester. Fleet, historically, in its DNA, is a place that is there to feed the people of God in the wider body of Christ. That is its DNA. Right back to 1491, this town was used as a resource place for the wider body of Christ to feed the people of God so that they were equipped, resourced, strengthened to do the work of the kingdom. That's interesting. That is part of the DNA of this town. It's really important that we understand that because a spiritual heritage must never be lost. If God has been doing something, we need to reopen the ancient wells and say, let what God began flow again. And that, I believe, is where the beginnings of the vision that God had for this town to be a place from which people would be resourced and fed, that, I believe, is where it was birthed. I get excited by that. In around about 1905, you'll see the bottom right there, a picture. You can see that more clearly on the Friends of Fleet Pond Friends Society website. That's where I nicked that from. People ice skating on Fleet Pond. 
And people would come out from London to ice skate at Fleet Pond. Because every year it froze over really thickly. It's now not safe to do it. And there was a terrible accident a few years ago, some of you might remember. But actually, it used to freeze and it was very thick and it was safe. And the railway station was perfectly located. In fact, some accounts say that that's why the railway station was put there, because of people coming out from London to ice skate. Fleet, also historically, therefore, is a place for people to share life together. Those two things, sharing life together, enjoying life together, and being a resource for the body of Christ, are in the DNA of this town. I find that exciting. That's who we are. That's the vision that God has for us. Ross, if we can move on to the next slide. In 2017, a chap called Paul Manwaring, who is one of the senior associate pastors of Bethel Church in Redding, California, came to meet with our leadership team and shared a vision that God had given him for a new leadership structure for us as a church to enable us to realize the vision that God had given to us. He's actually shared this with a number of other churches since. And the structure was that myself and the elders should be able to spend as much time as possible seeking God for the details of the vision, seeking God in prayer. To do that, we needed to be released from some of the day-to-day stuff that can consume us so that we can spend our time really pursuing the Lord for, for details of vision. To enable that to happen, Paul was saying, if you look at the second line down there, uh, that there should be some functional heads that have responsibility for for the three areas of the DNA of the church and for the sort of support services, the operational stuff. The first part of that DNA is encountering the presence. We've already talked about that when I mentioned the vision. The second is the equipping and resourcing ministry. And the third is the sort of family, community of, of the church. Those three strands are crucial to who we are. And so we needed to appoint people to oversee each of those strands and someone else to look after the operational side. Please keep praying into that. But those three are in place, and I'll come back to that in a moment, and together they, as a team, will be overseeing all of the other ministries to ensure that everything in the yellow box at the bottom there, pastorates, youth work, preschool, mission, pastoral care, prayer ministry, children's work, powerhouse, maintenance, resourcing ministry, wider ministry, finance, admin, seniors ministry, IT, social media, worship, young adults, and everything else, comes under all of those three areas of the, of the vision. So that in everything we do, we are encountering the presence. So our finance team need to make sure they encounter the presence in their meetings. And we have someone in place to say, how do I help them to do that? We need to be making sure that our maintenance team are also equipping and resourcing. How do we enable them to do that? We need to be making sure that um, our admin team are also doing family and being community. So it's, it's how do we bring the vision into everything that we do? So that's what that structure is all about. Does that make sense? I've got a yes from one of you. So moving on, just to explain a little bit more about that in detail. You put it on the website. (laughs) Sue is our worship pastor, and her area of responsibility is the first part of the DNA, about encountering the presence. Um, The next one, swiftly moving on for Sue's sake, is Lee. And Lee's area of responsibility is uh, the second part of that, which is the uh, equipping and resourcing. And then the next one is Nathan, and his area is family 
and uh, community. So moving on to unpack each of those in a bit more detail for you. Back to Sue. Let's keep that picture up for a while. So next to Sue, the first bullet point in the vision is a church which honors, welcomes, and actively pursues the presence of God. That's the first bullet point in the vision. So that's Sue's job. Sue's role as our worship pastor is to hold us accountable as a church to that bullet point. And so obviously she's a gifted worship leader. She's a resource not only to us but to the worldwide body of Christ. I don't know if you realize what a privilege it is to have Sue as part of the church, by the way. The, the number of places that I go to, and um, when you're chatting about your, your team and who you've got with you, you sort of drop the name of Sue Rinaldi into the conversation, and people say, hey, whoa, 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 the Sue Rinaldi. <laughs> <laughs> but around the world, this woman of God is known and respected and honored and held in incredibly high esteem. And because she's a friend of ours, we just sort of take her for granted. <laughs> this is Sue being embarrassed and how she responds. <laughs> Pipe down. <laughs> but actually, I, I just, just take a moment or two to think, thank you, Father, that we've got this incredible woman who is a resource to the entire worldwide body of Christ. And there's so many people that just would be so blessed to have Sue as part of their church. So, so thank God for her. But also take a moment when you can to tell Sue how much you appreciate her. But to enable us to have that sort of first bullet point unpacked, it's great to have someone who has responsibility for that, who can ask the questions of everything we do. Are you having worship at the heart of it? This, this business meeting you're having tonight, are you starting it with worship? You know, to hold us accountable. And so that's what Sue does. And uh, we're going to unpack a little bit more next week in detail this bullet point. So I'll be talking about worship, the importance of the presence of God, but Sue is also going to speak a little bit about her role within that next Sunday. The following Sunday, we'll unpack the, other, the, the second point and the following Sunday, the third point, so that during the month, we go through the whole thing in more detail. But Sue's role to make sure we fulfill that first bullet point is to ensure that worship and the presence of God is at the heart of everything we do. Just one touch of the king changes everything. Amen. It genuinely does. And so that's why the presence of God is so important. The next uh, slide is discipleship and our life together. The bullet point there saying uh, that we want to have a radical culture of discipleship where living like Jesus is normal. Wouldn't that be amazing? That's something to strive towards, living like Jesus being normal. And so these, these, this area sort of crosses over both Nathan's remit and Lee's because Nathan is responsible for helping us do life together, be family, but also as an evangelist, his job is to bring other people into the family and equip us as a church to do that. Uh, and Lee's remit is discipleship. So these, these two things cross over. Uh, and so there'll be areas where all of us as a team work very, very closely together. And it's impossible to sort of clearly delineate very uh, specifically in terms of the bullet points. That's why both of their lovely faces on there in one go. But we want to have, have a culture where uh, living like Jesus is normal. That's radical, by the way. That's incredibly radical. That means being willing to give up everything you've got if God tells you to. That means being willing to go wherever he tells you to go if he tells you to. 
That means being willing to challenge what is not godly if he tells you to. But it means loving to death because he does tell you to. It's, it's sacrificial. It's painful. It's costly. But it brings him glory. And that's the culture we want to have. And so uh, in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be thinking about discipleship. What does that look like? And we'll be thinking the week after that about what does life together look like? What does whole life discipleship look like? But that's the vision. Because I tell you this, whole life discipleship is attractive to people. When you see a community of people that are loving the socks off each other, even though there's things they disagree with, that's something that people say, I want to be part of that. When there's a, a church that's welcoming, that says, come in, be enfolded into the family. Penny, do you mind if I quote you? This morning, Penny came and spoke to me. Penny's been with us nine months and uh, has had a very painful nine months, actually, um, as, a, as a result of a, of a bereavement. Do you mind if I say all the details? Is that okay? So her husband would have been his 75th birthday today. Would have been today. And so we prayed together before the service, and Penny was saying how much she has felt loved and welcomed and embraced by the family of the church here since the day she set foot in the place. I want to say to you, family, well done. That should be the experience of everybody that sets foot in this place. Whether they're in a place of pain or in a place of joy shouldn't make any difference. They should be welcomed and loved. And we were able to pray together this morning, thanking God for happy memories, but also praying for the comfort of God as well. Let's just pray and pause and pray for a moment. Those of you who've lost someone precious to you, I want to pray for you right now. Father, in the midst of the pain of bereavement, would you draw close and comfort? But Lord, we pray that in the midst of that pain that is real and raw for many, we're asking that you'd also enable us to call to mind many, many happy memories. Memories we can treasure. May we be never afraid to talk about the people that we've lost. May we be never afraid to show people pictures and say, this is what they looked like. This was a special moment in our lives together. And Father, we pray that we would enjoy those memories but we'd comfort one another and know the comfort of your Holy Spirit in the midst of the pain. And Lord, for people for whom this is very real and very raw right now, we pray that they would know the love of the family of this church and they would know the everlasting arms of Jesus embracing them. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. So in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to be unpacking that a little bit more. What does life together look like? How do we do life together? How do we be real with each other and love each other into healing and wholeness? And then the next slide has got all three of them on. A center of excellence as a resource to the wider body of Christ, locally, regionally, and globally. That does not just mean these three. It's not just the three stooges. Whoever you are, wherever you are, if we're part of this church, we're saying our vision is to be a resource. That means saying, Father God, in 2020, what are the gifts you've given to me? How do I use them? 
How do you want me to use the gifts you've given me to resource this church, but also beyond? Who are the people in Fleet? Who are my neighbors? And those of you who don't live in Fleet, who are my neighbors in my community that you want me to use my gifts to invest in? Who are the people in my workplaces? Where are the places in this region, in this nation, that you're calling me and maybe a small team of others from this church to go? What are the strengths of this church that we can give away? Who are the people that we can send out to bless the wider body of Christ? And we'll unpack that in a little bit more detail on the 26th of January. So the next slide. That's the vision again. First slide um, that we started with back again at the end there. So our aim is to share the love of Jesus with the people of Fleet, to make disciples and to be a resource to the wider body of Christ. To be a church which honors, welcomes, and actively pursues the presence of God. To develop a culture of radical discipleship where living like Jesus is normal. And to be a center of excellence as a resource to the wider body of Christ. Locally, locally, regionally, and globally. It's a vision that I believe God gave to the church many, many, many years ago. Predates me, predates probably every one of us in this room. I believe spiritually it is who we are meant to be in fleet. And I think it's part of the DNA of this town that God is saying, this is what I'm wanting to do out of this place. That excites me. And I want to be saying, God, how can I be part of that? And so what I want to do is to invite you to ask yourself the question, are you with that? Is that a vision that you feel you want to be part of? Is that a church that you feel you want to help birth that into reality? We're not saying that we are all of those things. We're saying our aim is to be those things. Because I could list down so many areas where we're not fulfilling that. I'm sure every one of you could. But there's so many places where we are doing quite well at it. And that's really encouraging. And we need to celebrate our successes. Do you know there's a thing in churches where people don't celebrate success? They just point out failures. It's a cultural thing. It happens in politics too. But we're supposed to be counter-cultural. We should celebrate one another's successes. We should be telling the good stories because that raises faith. And it glorifies God. So I want to say we are doing really well. But we can do better. And this year, I'm believing that God the Holy Spirit is going to breathe upon all of those churches that are open and receptive to him. He's going to move in the lives of all of those individuals that say yes and amen to him. And there's going to be a revival. I am absolutely certain of it. And I want to see it. And I want to be part of it. And I believe this vision helps us move towards it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, let me pray for us, and then I'll explain how we're going to make our response. Father, we want to thank you for all that you have done through this town over centuries. Thank you that it predates every single one of us. Thank you that it was in your good and pleasing will to provide for the body of Christ from this town. And we say, Lord, that ancient well, let it be reopened. Would you again use this town as a place that is a resource for those who are spiritually hungry? 
Thank you that this town has been a place where people have come together to enjoy doing and sharing life together. May that again be something that is said of this town. And Lord, we want to thank you for all that you have done over the last 170 plus years of the life of this church. We honor and bless all that you have done. We give you the glory for every life that has been touched, every life that has been healed, every life that has been transformed, and most importantly, every single salvation. We give you the glory. For Lord, we're asking you for more. We're daring to ask you for more. More than we have ever dreamed possible. More than we have ever conceived could be seen in our lifetimes. We're asking, Lord, that this would be a church that is known for the presence of God. We're asking that your presence would be so powerful, so tangible, that lives would be transformed simply by being in your presence. We're asking, Lord, that this would be a place where people live like Jesus to the extent that others speak about it and say, have you heard about that church in Fleet? And Lord, we're asking that everything you give us, we will be willing to give away, to share for the benefit of the wider body of Christ, locally, regionally, nationally, and globally. Lord, we want to share everything you give us, make it available so that you will get the glory. For this we ask in the beautiful name of Jesus. And the people of God said... Amen. Amen. So the question that you need to ask yourself is, do I want to say yes to that? Do I want to sign up to that? And so we're asking you to consider covenanting with us for a year. A covenant really, in the, in the sense we're using the word, is simply a promise. A promise between an individual and the body of the church, and between the body of the church and the individual. And you've all got one of these cards, hopefully. If you've not got one, can you please wave so that we can get one to you? There are some on the sound desk at the back. There are some on the um, stage at the front. But I want to make sure everyone who's 16 years or above has got one. And I'm simply going to read out what it says on the card. It says, As an active worshipper within the family of Fleet Baptist Church, I choose to commit to the church in covenantal membership for the year 2020. I fully support and embrace the vision of the church and will prayerfully seek to know how God is calling me to express this support during 2020 in terms of using my time and my gifts as well as my tithe to bless the ministry of Fleet Baptist Church family. The church covenants to love, support, nurture and disciple those in membership, helping them to grow in maturity as a follower of Jesus. I agree with the church's theology and I embrace the church's understanding of membership detailed in the FBC Constitution and confirm that I'm over 16 years of age. One or two legal bits that need to be in there to do with the Constitution. But the point is it's saying it's a two-way relationship where, where as an individual you're saying, I want to be part of this. I want to make this vision a reality. And the church body, that's all of us, is saying for those who do that, we're going to love you as best we can. Does that make sense? That's the sort of simplified language of it. So if you would like to do so, please fill that in with your name, your signature, and an email address. Please make sure that your name and your email address can be read. Please do not write in tongues. Please make it legible. Uh, and so if you wanted to go away and think about it, please feel free to do that. 
We would rather you fill it in straight away if you've made your decision. Um, we want to make sure that we get all of this wrapped up within the next two or three weeks if we possibly can. There will be an email going out to everybody tomorrow who doesn't fill in one of these and complete it today. So that those who are away, we know a lot of people are away on holiday, they will get an email tomorrow as well. Those of you who are already a member, if you fill one of these in, your membership will automatically continue for a year. If you are not yet a member, then what happens is your name will go tomorrow night to the elders just to chat through and make sure that we know who you are. Uh, and then you'll receive an email saying we're thrilled to have you as part of the family. Jesus gave thanks and then broke bread, so let's give thanks together. Father, we thank you so much for sending Jesus. Thank you for his incredible, perfect, sinless, spotless life. Thank you that he gave us an example of how to live in relationship with God as our Father. Thank you that he gave his life for us, dying in our place. Thank you that through his wounds we are healed. Thank you that through his death we are raised. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. And in remembrance of all that Jesus has done, we break this bread and we say, Holy Spirit, come. Fill us afresh as we share this simple meal together this morning. As we eat this bread and drink of this cup, would you be glorified? Would you bring healing? Would you bring restoration? Would you bring salvation into this church family every single week during this year? And may your name be glorified for Jesus' sake. Amen.